Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, that's not my fault. Well, yes, it is your fault. You can blame your upbringing, you can do whatever. You can't change it, but God can give you a brand new heart. Now, why would that happen in my life? Why would I choose to go against the good desires that God gave me? Why wouldn't I be for unity rather than division? Well, number one, I have a sin nature that's selfish. That's the problem we have in marriage and in every other thing. I'm selfish. Life's all about choices we make. These decisions help mold and make us who we become and determine what's going to happen tomorrow. There's always an outcome. It's either going to be good or bad, and it'll happen immediately or sometime in the future. With this in mind, listen in as Pastor Mark teaches that one of the greatest things God's given us is the freedom to choose. He warns, though, that without proper instruction and self-control, this privilege can turn from a divine blessing to a self-induced curse. How can you avoid the fallout and do life right? You must read and follow His Word. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 13, with his continuing study entitled, Trials Are Trying and Temptations Are Tempting. How many of you enjoy coffee? Let me see your hand. Anybody looking at coffee? Yeah, good. Hopefully you had it, otherwise you'll fall asleep. No, you won't. Well, early this week I got up and I turned my Burr coffee grinder on and the beans just sat there. It died on me. So I had to get a new Burr grinder to grind the beans. When I got it, I opened the book, the manual, how to kind of put, there was only one or two things to put together. I opened it, and a piece of paper fell out from the manual, and it was a special insert. I want to show you what the insert looked like. It was like this. By the way, this was already in the book. It was already in the book, but this fell out, and it said like it, line up the little black dot with the little bar, the black bar, and you'll be in perfect shape to grind your beans. It's already in the manual. It's already in the manual. Why did they insert a special flyer that falls out when you open the manual? Can you tell me why? Because nobody reads the manual. And if you don't read the manual, you go, what? Eh, what's the designer say? I don't care. I can put this sucker together. I got to go buy another one. That's what happened. So many people broke the unit that they put this little flyer in. You see, you need to follow the instruction of the designer. Uh, uh. You have any idea where we're going today? God is our designer. 
He knows how to make life work. You can fuss and... You don't know how. I don't know how. He knows how. We're going to learn today about some amazing passages of Scripture. I think it will challenge us together. Now, when I opened that package, I had something called a choice. I can say, forget it. I'll do it my way. Let's see if I can get this baby together. Or I can read the instructions. See, the greatest gift you have, it's called choice. It's all about my choice. The decisions we make today turn around and make us tomorrow. Now, James chapter 1. Look down at verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Now, we unpacked this last week a little bit. I'm going to give you some keys from last weekend because some of you missed it. You need to get back in it. Temptation is a huge deal. Do not try to write them. They won't be up there long enough for you to do it because I'm going to go through them very quickly. Here's what we learned last week. Temptation is universal and frequent. It's always in our life. Temptation is tempting because sin is pleasurable. But nobody tells us it's only for a short time. Number three, we learned this, that being tempted is not a sin. Jesus was tempted and he never sinned. Sin happens when we choose, when we give in to the temptation. And James tells us today that basically the temptation comes from our inside, from our heart, from our own sinful desires. And so the last thing we learned last week is this. In every temptation, the decision, the choice to give in and sin, it's ours. It's not the devil. It's not my upbringing. It's my personal choice. Now, we learned last week there's two kinds of sin. The one we unpacked last week is the sin of omission. It's knowing what to do and just not doing it, just simply not doing it. I don't murder, but I, I don't love my neighbor, as God said I should love myself. This weekend, the other kind of sin, first thing to write down at all of our campuses is this. It's called the sin of commission. It's this. It's doing the wrong thing. When I do that, it's sin. So it's not avoiding, not just going out there and doing it. It's actually doing the wrong thing. Paul said it like this. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I should do, I don't do. So here's this whole mess. And we're going to talk about today knowing absolutely this and doing it, even though it's the wrong way. Taking that burr grinder and put it together however I think I can do it. It's the wrong way. James is going to teach us it's sin. Look at verse 14 again. But each one is tempted when, by his, circle these words, evil desire, he's dragged away and enticed. Now, why would James say that there's evil desires? Well, when God created you and when God created me, he created us with lots of desires, good desires. He's given us hunger and thirst, and we get tired, so we're going to need rest. One of the greatest gifts he's given us is our sexuality, God-given desires. But here, James calls those desires evil. 
So what, what is he talking about? Well, here's what James is talking about. Satan knows how to take those good desires that God has us and, and turning them into evil desires or lust. Let me give you some examples. Very simple. Hunger is good. Gluttony is sinful. Thirst is good. Drunkenness is a sin. Rest is good. Laziness, the Bible says in Proverbs, is a sin. And sex is an amazing, great, good desire. But only within the boundaries of marriage as defined by God. So, in other words, I can take that which is good... And if I take it to the wrong extreme or go outside the directions that God gives me, it turns into actually an evil desire. Now, what does that look like? Well, the Bible speaks a lot about it. You'll recognize yourself as we go through this verse. Paul kind of outlined it like this. Look what he says in Galatians chapter 5. When, in other words, there's going to be a choice... When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, when you got saved, your spirit was saved for eternity, you're going to go to heaven, but I'm left with my own sin nature. There's always this battle to do right, do it my way or do it God's way. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results, there's always consequences when we sin. If I don't line the two dots up right on my burb grinder, I'm going to break the unit. I'm going to have to go to Bed Bath & Beyond get my 20% coupon, and get another one. (laughs) Now, so you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results, the consequences, they're, they're not fuzzy, they're very clear. I'll unpack a little of this in a moment. What's Paul call it? When I, when I take the good sexual desire and go the wrong way, what's he call it? He calls it sexual immorality. He calls it impurity. He calls it lustful pleasures. We'll unpack that. Then he says, idolatry. Now, I know some of you can say, Pastor Mark, I never knelt down to a Buddha in my life. What are you talking about? No, the biggest idol is not Buddha. It's you. When I say to God, well, I'm not doing it your way. I'm going to do it my way. You become God. You'll see that in our passage today. So that is an idol. When I decide my will is better than God's will, I've become God. He says, that's sinful. You're taking it to the wrong degree. And he goes on, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy. Let me ask you, how many of you are married this morning? Let me me see how many. Good. Now, I'm going to read these for you since you're married. (laughs) Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, and division. Those of you that aren't married yet, just understand what I just read. Pastor Mark, how do you know that there's division and dissension and things in marriage? Because I watched you come in today from the cars. No, I didn't. nobody told me about you, so relax. No guilt. Just that's what's going to happen. So look at all those things. That comes from my nature. Now, when you look at those, people want to go like this. Well, that's not my fault. Well, yes, it is your fault. You can blame your upbringing. You can do whatever. You can't change it, but God can give you a brand new heart. Now, why would that happen in my life? Why would I choose to go against the good desires that God gave me. Why wouldn't I be for unity rather than division? Well, number one, I have a sin nature that's selfish. That's the problem we have in marriage and in every other thing. 
I'm selfish. Now, look at James 14 again, 114. I want you to circle two words. In the original language, it's so visual. But each one is tempted away when by his own evil desires, he is, circle the word, dragged away. And, circle the word, enticed. There's a goal. Satan wants us to sin and move away from God's will. Satan is always trying to get us to sin and move away from God's will. Now, I'm going to give you solutions to it today and next week, so you don't have to worry about it. But that's the goal of Satan. Steal, kill, and destroy. Now, why did I ask you to circle the word dragged away? Here's what it means. Dragged away is a hunting term. It means there's a trap. So an animal is lured into the trap, not because it's an empty trap, but because it's baited with an attractive bait. Smells good, that food. Here I come. Now, the other word that you just see there is enticed. It's a lure. It's a fishing term. Those of you that fish with lures or any kind of bait, you know the fish bites because it's an attractive lure. It's just magical. It shines in the water. Now, when you look at that lure, what's the problem? You see, we never see the outcome of that which looks good. That's because Satan is a deceiver. And you'll see today, he doesn't want us to even think about the outcome. So we just go for what looks good. Now, this lure was designed for certain kinds of fish. Other kinds of fish would never bite this. Do you know that God knows your weakness? But so does Satan. Satan knows how to bait your hook. He knows what you're easily tempted with. Some of the things we would never be tempted with, but other people are. For us, we know. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, the sin that so easily besets us. So what you see in the scriptures is, there's pleasure in sin for a season. Now, God gave us guidelines for safety. You're going to see it. Not because he's a bad God, but because he's a good God. And so when you see this lure, it should begin to say to you, careful, what happens in that whole process of deciding, is it worth going against God? Ooh, that looks, it, see, temptation is tempting. If it looks good, mm, do I really want my way? Okay, I do. What's that process? I want to give you four little keys. Write it down this morning. Put it in your Bible. This is always the sequence that happens. Number one, watch, take a look. Tempting outward bait. Somehow, Satan gets us into a place, the world system gets us into a place, and something very tempting is in front of us. Can be all kinds of things. You saw that. Could be winning an argument, could be trying to step over somebody at work to get the promotion and you don't care about them. Could be in marriage, could be in sexuality, could be in a million ways. A tempting outward bait. Next, it tempts me. So I have that sinful desire. Remember, temptation is tempting. Satan would never give you something that isn't tempting. You wouldn't have the desire. So my desire is to kind of walk away to that. Number three, remember what we said at the beginning of this teaching on all our campuses? It's all about my choice. So here's my choice. What am I going to do? And it comes back to the consequences. See, Satan doesn't want us to see the consequences. He gives us the first three. He never tells, he never shows us a hook. 
He never shows us the trap. So when you begin to think about that, he's a deceiver. He never shows us the outcome of where we go. Everyone that I'm talking to knows what that is. We've all been there. The guy that opened the coffee burr grinder and never, ever tried to look at the instructions. Were there any consequences? I already told you. He's back to the store. He's called the company. Your stupid thing doesn't work. First thing they're going to say is, did you line up the two dots? What two dots? So that's why they put it in. So understand that concept, those sequence, it's a natural sequence for all of us. But I can make the decision to say no and defeat the temptation. Or if I give in to the temptation, what does it look like? Well, look at verse 15. Then, making the wrong choice, after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to, say it with me, death. Pastor Mark, death? Well, let me show you again. After the fish bites the lure, what does he discover? The hook. How does he feel? What does he do? He tries to fight it. He tries to get away from it. He fights. He struck. Is there any pain? Is there any pain? Lots of pain. See, we look at, well, I'm going to sin. It's no big deal. I just ask God to forgive me. No, no, no. Choose to sin. Choose to suffer. Well, what kind of a bad God is that? He's not a bad God. He said, don't take the stupid bait. Well, it's my dad's fault. No, it's your mouth. (laughs) Now, what was the word I asked you to reproduce? What was the last word we just said? When the fish comes in the boat, what is he? He's going to be dead. When the animal goes into the trap, the animal's going to be dead. Pastor Mark, are you, are you saying when I sin, I'm going to be dead? That didn't work. Yeah, there's lots of definitions of dead. Remember what I told you? Sin always means separate. Sin means separate. Some cases, separation from life, but usually separation from, in our case, my relationship with God. So I'm serving God. There's abundant life. I'm having a great time, but I choose to sin against God, and it breaks my fellowship with God. I'm now guilty. I don't feel right. I know I have to repent. God says, repent. He restores me. But could it be that sometimes temptation actually brings physical death? Yes, we see it all the time. A very famous, I forget what he was, an author, a movie maker or something. They found him in New York, dead. Why was he physically dead? Drugs and alcohol. God says, don't get drunk. Don't be under any kind of a drug that causes you to lose your self-will. All of us have driven on a road. We're driving somewhere and all of a sudden the traffic's backed up. Backed up for miles. Huge accident up ahead. We read the next morning. What happened? A drunk driver killed four people in themselves. Sin. The wages of sin. Sometimes is physical. Sometimes it's a separation of you and a spouse. In a relationship with a friend. Understand this morning. Divorce 
is a death. It hurts. It tears. It, all of you that have been through one, it's a death. It's not the unpardonable sin by any means, but it's a death. It destroys families. You and I, when we, when we lose our temper with a person and we say something, sometimes that relationship is now dead. It doesn't matter. It used to be a good friend, not any longer. Even though you've asked forgiveness, it just never gets restored. So see, James knew what he was talking about, but ultimately the death is this. It destroys the joy of walking with God. And we'll see this. So, in fact, we want to hide from God. We don't want to go to church. We don't want anybody talking about sin. And we'll see this in our passage. Now, is there a way to defeat this? Is there a way for us to say no when temptation comes? Well, there really isn't, so have a nice week. I'm going home early. I'll see you. No, there is. Turn to book. You're right in the right book. Turn to James chapter 4, verse 7. I want to give you two little simple keys. We try to make it simple for us this morning, as God did, because you and I are involved with that temptation in a million ways every single day. James chapter 4, verse 7. How do we defeat giving in to these temptations that are so tempting? Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Two things for you to write down this morning on our campuses. Number one, submit to God. What does that mean? Instead of submitting to my will to go against God's word, I submit to his word and I live by his plans. I become obedient. I submit my thoughts and say, God, I really am tempted to do that, but I know your word says don't, so I just won't. Number two, then I have to resist the devil, and I resist him simply by saying, no, it is alluring, it is tempting to me, but I, I've been down that road, I ain't doing that again. I'm saying to you, no, stand firmly on the truth of God's word. That's what resist means. Stand firmly in a position and refuse to give ground. I don't care how you tempt me. I'm not going to do it. I, God, remember, anything God commands us to do, he enables us to do. So I have authority to say to Satan, no, I'm not going to do it. And when I say that, then absolutely Satan has to leave. Now, I want you to write this down because sometimes we forget this. Our weapon in this spiritual warfare, our defense in defeating temptation is the Word of God. Right after Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit actually led him into the wilderness for 40 days, 4-0, of temptation by Satan. During those 40 days, he fasted. Three temptations came from, it was Satan himself, not a demon, Satan himself. Pastor Mark just taught that Satan takes our God-given passions and uses them against us. He said that when you follow any desire with your old sinful nature, the results are bad and the consequence is clear. Choose to sin, choose to suffer. Satan's main goal is to make you sin by luring you away from God and His will. It destroys many things, but mostly it extinguishes the joy of walking with God. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Did you know that the devil is a skillful fisherman? It's true. He's mastered the art of baiting and reeling in Christians since the beginning of time. He knows what jig to use and how to camouflage the hook. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will explain the different kinds of lures he has in his tackle box and how we can learn to avoid them completely. The devil doesn't like to catch and release. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Yes.